0: Welcome back, everybody, to another solo episode of What the Heck is Crypto? I'm your host this week, Stephen. As some of you may have noticed, it's been a, uh, a bit of a rocky week in the crypto universe. Some of you may have had the unfortunate experience of just uh, unwittingly pulling up your crypto portfolio yesterday, seeing some of your coins down 20, 30, 40, 50, even uh, 90% on the week, and you may be wondering uh, what the heck just happened. So I'm going to try to break all of that down for you in this episode in a way that hopefully you can understand and digest, uh, tell you what happened, and hopefully tell you uh, where I think we're going to go um, from here. So, so what triggered all of this? Well, on Tuesday night, FTX, the world's uh, third largest exchange, uh, became insolvent, Uh, They were unable to continue processing customer deposits and that triggered a panic and crypto started selling off and selling off very, very, very badly and very, very quickly. Um, One of the craziest, uh, nastiest days, maybe the nastiest day I've ever personally seen in crypto and uh, a lot of people got very, very badly wrecked. So, So how did we get here? Well- what started this sequence of events uh, recently, although there were some seeds planted in the past that we'll talk about a little bit later, but what happened recently is uh, a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was even last week, uh, things move so fast in crypto, I can't keep track, um, but there was a leak um, showing the, the balance sheet of Alameda Research. Now, what is Alameda Research and, and, and why, you should care, why should you care? Well, well, Alameda is this notorious sort of uh, fund that exists in the crypto space, has has existed in the crypto space alongside FTX for a while. Alameda was like a a trading firm that was started by the founder of FTX, uh, Sam Bankman Freed, and it's been a it's been a point of uh, contention in the crypto world for the last few years, because it's, it's, it's always seemed a little weird to people that this guy who runs this exchange also owns this, you know, trading company that market makes on the exchange and does other stuff. There's always been this sort of, um, cry that there's like a conflict of interest. There's something, uh, sinister going on or shady going on. This, this shouldn't happen. Right. So, so Alameda has been in the consciousness of, uh, Crypto investors for a while, and when this this balance sheet leak came out, it was revealed that they had like um, maybe like fourteen, fifteen, sixteen billion dollars in assets and and eight, nine billion dollars in liabilities. Now it's a lot of liabilities, but what made this worse was that the coins on the Alameda balance sheet that they were borrowing against were to Put it, you know, lightly. Uh, complete dog shit. Like the 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 coins that Alameda was using as as collateral against these uh, liabilities it was not dollars. It was not stable coins. It was not even Ethereum or Bitcoin. It was these like really crappy tokens um, in the Solana ecosystem that have very little liquidity, very little, you know, future prospects of of doing uh, anything. Um, but the, the biggest problem of, of, of all was that a huge chunk of these uh, these assets were actually the, the the exchange token for FTX. Now a lot of people immediately started freaking out about this because in in the crypto community's minds, a lot of a lot of people's minds, um, Alameda and FTX are sort of one and the same. Like a lot of people don't believe. That there's this distinction between these two entities the exchange and the trading firm so rightfully so um, people started asking questions and uh, some people my, myself included um, said hmm i don't find it believable that such a huge player in the space could just go under but but what really is the benefit of, of keeping this money on an exchange i've been in the, the the industry for a while i've seen exchanges go under i've seen these things happen uh, we saw celsius and, and voyager and, and you know a couple other um shops blow up earlier this year so so i i pulled my money out and, and a lot of other people said you know better safe than sorry i'm going to pull my money out well what happened next was the ceo of binance the world's largest exchange and a, an a OG in the space, uh, CZ, uh, tweeted that Binance uh, no longer wanted to hold the uh, 500 million or so uh, worth of FTT tokens that they had. You see, Binance a couple of years ago was an investor in the FTX uh, exchange. And uh, CZ, the CEO of Binance, and Sam CEO of FTX, Um, although they were a little buddy-buddy in the early days when CZ made that investment, and he's done very well on that investment, um, recently there's been some some issues. Uh, Sam has been pretty publicly digging at CZ uh, on on Twitter and just, just kind of poking the bear a little bit. So once CZ said, hey, we don't want these tokens anymore... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna sell them. I think he said he's gonna do it in such a way as to uh, minimize the impact on on the market. Um, the market started freaking out about the FTT token. Uh, this token was you know trading I don't know maybe like twenty eight bucks at the time, and and very quickly started trading around like twenty two dollars or so. Um, people started freaking out about Binance dumping uh, the FTT tokens and, uh, that would drive the price down obviously. What happened next is that Caroline, uh, Caroline capital, as she's known on Twitter, who is the, the CEO of Alameda tweeted at, uh, CZ of Binance. Like, Hey, if you want to, you want to sell, you want to sell all these tokens, we'll, we'll just buy them off you over the counter at $22. This was a bit of a strange move in in some people's eyes because it seemed like she was basically tipping her hand that if the price of these tokens went below $22, um, then there might be some sort of a problem for them. And they were trying to avoid that. Um, At that point, CZ said, no, I think we're just going to sell these in the free market. And... And shortly thereafter, while the bank run was happening in the background, I think a billion dollars were taken off the exchange in just like a couple of days' time. Um, The FCT token started to trade lower, eventually broke through some critical support at $22. And when that happened, that price started uh, free-falling. And people quickly sort of came to the collective realization that, uh uh-oh, If the FTT token goes down, then that means Alameda is going to become insolvent because their assets are denominated in this token, and then they've borrowed against it. And if Alameda is insolvent, then perhaps FTX is insolvent uh, as well. And Pretty quickly, Sam came on Twitter, Sam Bankman-Fried, SBF, as, he, as he's known, CEO of FTX. And, and, and he, he said in a, in a now-deleted tweet that there is no problem with liquidity. They have all of customers' funds. They don't invest them um, or trade with them, and everything's fine. Um, but in a very short period of time, it became clear uh, to people who were were checking the blockchain that the FTX wallet was no longer processing withdrawals. <laughs> people on Twitter said they couldn't get their money out and, and pretty soon all hell broke loose and, and we started dumping and, and dumping very hard because people sort of realized that, uh, the jig was up. We had a brief, uh, brief reprieve yesterday morning when, uh, CZ of Binance tweeted that he was actually going to acquire. Um, the exchange and a lot of people were like, wow, this is such a brilliant JP Morgan, uh, Vanderbilt, Robert Baronesque move this, this man basically, uh, dumped his competitors into the ground and then, and he's, he's going to buy them for, for, uh, you know, pennies on the dollar. But what ended up happening was, uh, Binance said they looked at the balance sheet of of, of FTX and that. there was a big hole in it and there was an implication that they had done something with the customer's funds and they walked away from the deal. And after walking away from the deal, that's when we saw Bitcoin take out the summer lows. We lost the 17.4 sort of level that was kind of holding us up. And we went all the way into the 15s and Ethereum, you know, was flirting with a thousand dollars. It was an absolute, I uh, just absolute bloodbath Um, but one of the worst hit tokens was um, solana if you're a solana holder you may be wondering like what the hell just happened to me why did my coins go down 50 60 percent i mean Solana traded from you know the high 20s all the way down to i think 11 or 12 bucks in the span of just just a few hours just absolute bloodbath um and the, the the problem with Solana now is that this entire ecosystem was really heavily supported by VCs, by players like like FTX, Sam Bankman-Fried. It really was like the playground for these kind of insiders to launch, invest in these tokens and, and extract a lot of value out of the ecosystem. So I think with FTX gone with Alameda gone, the market sort of quickly realized that like maybe there's actually nothing here. Maybe there isn't anything holding up the price of Solana. Maybe there is nothing holding up the price of all of these coins in the Solana ecosystem. And then you just saw this like classic rush for the, the exits uh, ensue. And we got some pretty, um, some pretty gnarly dumps there. Now, I've been going through some takes on Twitter, trying to figure out like, how the hell did this happen? FTX makes a lot of money. I mean, people have said that they make tens of millions of dollars a day um, in customer, in in trading fees. Um, And they have this, um, you know, trading firm Alameda, which is supposed to be a separate entity, but which clearly has privileged access to the trading data on FTX it's sort of like having like a cheat code on that should just allow you to, to make free money. If you can see, um, you know, the customer's order flows, you can front run people, um, and do all sorts of, um, stuff to basically just, just print money. So, so, so how, how did a company that was worth, you know, $36 billion a couple of days ago and, uh, and a trading firm that was worth 16 billion dollars, both of which had a license to effectively print money out of nowhere. how did these like 52 billion dollar entities in aggregate just like evaporate? How did they lose it all? And I think it's becoming clear that earlier this year, in the Luna blow-up, um, those of you who have been paying uh, any bit of attention probably remember. Uh, you know, Terra, a blockchain with the the Luna coin, Doquan, and how that project just collapsed, you know, from 24 billion basically to zero. Maybe it was even bigger than that, but just eviscerated um, almost instantaneously like all this money. So there's, there's speculation in the space now that what FTX was doing with Alameda was basically giving them preference sort of like on all of the the liquidations on the site, which should in theory be like a really profitable strategy, like a really profitable thing to do. Um, But when this coin broke and just moved so fast and so furiously down to to zero, I I think the the speculation is now that 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 move immediately caused a massive and massive loss in Alameda, you know, like a multi-multi-multi-billion-dollar hole. I remember after that happened, um, Sam was kind of going out and saying, oh, we're going we're gonna to buy all these companies we're going to save the space and kind of doing it under the guise of like, yeah, I have an exchange. And, and uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I just... I just want to do what's best for the space because it's good for my bottom line. But it seems like it's really clear now with the the details that are coming out that what he was trying to do is prop up Alameda because Alameda, you know, basically had accrued a lot of this crappy collateral and bad debt and would would rapidly become like insolvent um, if he didn't do something about it. Um, some more details came out uh, where some on-chain sleuths saw a transaction a, a couple months ago where uh, a whole bunch of uh, FTT token was uh, vested from the uh, the ICO contract and basically given to the to the Alameda wallet and then immediately given back to to FTX and this is this is a little convoluted but. But what people are saying is that, you know, Alameda would have been insolvent at the time, uh, of the Luna crash, um, and insolvent Alameda, right. Still had all these FTT tokens on its balance sheet. Like Alameda had, um, you know, billions in FTT tokens that were due to vest in September. So if the liquidators came for Alameda, they would get these assets in September. And they would sell all the tokens. They would dump the FTT price that would ruin FTX. And then the whole operation would crumble. So, so the, the speculation is that what, what Sam was doing was sort of like early vesting, um, these FTT tokens so that they could basically just effectively be, you know, given back to FTX to, to sort of like pay off this, this loan and make the, the, the company solvents again. Just a real convoluted bunch of crap going on behind the scenes that, you know, investors are just um, not aware of. And, you know, recently, just in the last couple hours, some other articles are starting to come out. And, you know, for, for, for a while, SBF has had this very carefully crafted persona um, the, the effective altruism guy, the guy who, uh, who doesn't really tie his shoes and drives a Corolla and doesn't care about being a billionaire and wants to give away all his money. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of people in the space, I think, uh, people I know and respect, uh, who, who actually called this out like a long time ago that this, this guy's a, he's a fraud and, you know, don't, don't, don't buy the hype, but Man, did it get carried away? I mean, this guy renamed the Miami Stadium. He had Giselle (laughs) on stage talking to him. Tom Brady, uh, was his, was his best buddy. Uh, you know, had the ear of all of the US, uh, lawmakers and was, you know, really shoved down our throat as the sort of savior of crypto. You know, he had this you would see him on stage with these ruffled shirts and a shoe that wasn't tied and like his crappy car. And you'd be like, Oh wow. This guy just like, he's just this vegan who wants to save the world. And then you know, I'm reading this, this article just came out from CoinDesk, basically exposing how this, this FTX exchange was basically just run by 10 kids living in a house together in the Bahamas and, and not some, uh, some little house, like a, like a $35 million, uh, penthouse. Um, everybody was living there together, apparently all sleeping with one another. Sam apparently was just buying all the land at like $200 million worth of land. So it, it seems like this whole image was just the a, a, a gigantic, gigantic PR stunt, a, a smoke screen. And, and the, just the image of this business as this, this like well-run stable, um, Enterprise. It was just. It was just all a complete um, fraud, you know. And unfortunately, I think this is going to have like a really terrible impact uh, on the space. I mean, we, we've uh, you know we've had our share of frauds in the crypto space over the years, and even this year. I mean, obviously we had we had Luna, but we also had Voyager going down. We had Celsius, which is a terrible fraud. Um, going down and you know hurt a lot of customers. But FTX, by some estimates I've seen, you know, may have thirty or forty billion dollars worth of uh worth of customer deposits. And these aren't just like retail traders either. These are these are funds with like hundreds of millions of dollars in, in, in capital in some instances. Um and that money, you know, might be gone. They might get 10, 20, 30 cents on the dollar. Um, in, in many years time and that that's not bullish for the space. Um, I've, I've already seen people on Twitter saying like, Hey, lost all my money, uh, in FTX, I got to sell all my NFTs so I'm putting this up for auction, you know, and funds are going to do the same thing. They're going to have to meet, um capital requirements, people have to pay taxes. And I think all of this is unfortunately just going to result in a lot of just sustained forced selling pressure um, on, on all of crypto as, as this sort of ripples through the system, you know, Ryan Reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation. We thought we'd bring our prices down. Today we did, we did get an incredibly soft CPI print and the NASDAQ ripped up seven or eight percent. I mean, one of the biggest gains since the COVID crash. Um, so a huge number and, and crypto did rebound significantly on that. I saw ETH was up over 20% at one point today, which is, it, it is a crazy gain. Um, and normally I would be really bullish right now because yeah, at least for a, a short period of time anyway, like, you know, a softer inflation print should translate into, you know, good bullish momentum for, for risk assets, in, in, including crypto. But I'm just kind of worried that all of these funds, all of these um, entities that have lost so much are just going to be using these bounces to, as an opportunity to sell. And a lot of these rallies are going to get stuffed and like, ultimately, you know, we might we might end up trading, trading lower still. Um, it's just a real, it's just a real bummer to, 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 to see. Um, some of you, this is your first cycle and <laughs> you've uh, c- congratulations. I, I think the class of uh, 2022 20, uh, bear has had a, uh, even more ridiculous time than the uh, class of, of 2018 bear I mean this is this has been a while but you are you are definitely getting your your baptism by fire so kudos to you if you if you do end up uh sticking this out um if it's one thing I learned it's that like price can just go a lot lower than you even think is uh, imaginable now I am buying a little bit you know, at these kind of like thousand dollar ETH levels, it, it is just it's just too good of a price for me personally for my long term bags. And you know, I can't predict the future with uncertainty. That could have been the bottom, I and mean, we could just go back up. Somebody could come in with some crazy bailout deal. I, I don't think that's happening because I don't know who wants to touch a exchange with you know eight billion dollar hole in it and you know probable fraud investigations coming down. But like. If it were to happen, like we, we could go up and I, I do think as an investor, you just, you kind of have to use these insane nukes to, to buy some spot, even in, even in the, even when it looks really dark. Um, but I do expect us to probably go lower. Um, my big fear right now is that we've kind of come for all of the, like crypto has this way of just really humbling people. You know, knocking people off their, their high horses and, and, and taking everybody down a peg. And that, that certainly happened with some people we never thought would go under. Like, you know, Suzu, with three hour, three hours capital, was the biggest hero trader in the space. And he's, he's gone. Uh, Luna's gone. That was unimaginable to a lot of people. Celsius, gone. Uh, FTX, just completely unimaginable to people, you know, most people anyway. Uh, a few months ago that this thing could go under and you know i think about who's left in the space that's kind of like a uh, bombastic maybe overly uh, confident uh, loud boisterous figure in my my mind uh, goes immediately to to michael saylor um for those of you who don't, who don't know michael saylor ceo of microstrategy maybe he's not the ceo anymore but he was for a while and uh notorious for just leveraging the company balance sheet to buy, you know, I think he owns like one or 2% of the entire uh, supply of Bitcoin. And for forever, people have been saying like, sailor can't get liquidated sailor can't get liquidated. Sailor can't get liquidated. But um, the reality of the situation is that like sailor can get liquidated. It's just going to be at a price. That's probably not imaginable to most people. I mean, I think we'd have to get down into the, you know, close to $4,000 uh, Bitcoin, which should be, you know, just a horrendous decline, uh, from the top. And it it seems like it can't happen, but you know, one of the fallouts from the FTX disaster is that we've like wiped a ton of liquidity from the market, you know, Uh, market makers who normally, you know, are, are providing the, the liquidity on exchange books for you to buy and sell into like all of them got wiped. Uh, and the FTX disaster, the, the books are a little bit thin, um, small flows can really move price significantly in a way that's uh, unexpected to people. Um, I think that like, you know, 11, $12,000 Bitcoin is, is definitely in cards. Like that to me seems like a level, I feel like everybody's watching that level. Um, when everybody's got their eye on a level, it, it usually concerns me because it means either that we're, we're not going to go there because it's too obvious or we're going to go, like, way lower than that because that's, like, that's what, like, the market actually has to do to sort of freak people out. Um, and if we start getting to that 11, 12K level, like, um, you are going to start seeing, like, more entities that have done the sailor thing, like, they have to keep posting collateral, posting collateral on these loans um, and if they're posting Bitcoin as collateral, like MicroStrategy is doing, as the price trades down, the value of that collateral trades down with it while your you know, collateral requirements are simultaneously moving up and you can have this really nasty sort of reflexive exponential effect where at first you're not in trouble, but then you get to the point where tiny moves in the price actually like just exponentially increase your risk of liquidation to the point where like somebody does get liquidated. It drives price lower. Um, We're selling Bitcoin into really thin books, which drives the price even lower. And then you could have this incredibly ridiculous uh, cascade where the price just goes to a level uh, nobody can, can imagine. And, you know, I'm not saying this will happen. It almost certainly unlikely to happen. It would be a, you know, very, wild events if it did but it it, it should definitely be on your radar as as a possibility like i I would not be trading on any sort of leverage right now where i'm wiped out on even like a three thousand dollar bitcoin price because that number as inconceivable as it is right now is theoretically possible especially when you overlay it with like the macro backdrop that we currently have you know like we went through like a massive crypto bull run in the middle of the biggest worldwide, like equities, liquidity bubble that we've ever seen. And now we're doing the opposite of that. Um, as we go into a continued crypto bear, we're doing this with the backdrop of like, you know, potential black swans lurking in the, in, in the bonds sovereign debt uh, problems. We've got China and Taiwan, we've got Russia with, with nukes and in, in Ukraine, like there, there is a lot that could happen and it, it could be fine. Of course, of course it could, we, we can't predict the future, but we, we do have to prepare as investors for like what could happen on the downside, especially in crypto, you always want to be thinking about your downside, not your, your upside, but we all kind of do the opposite until the downside starts coming. And then we, we go, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit, uh, what do I do here? And it's not a spot you want to be in. So I do think the worst case scenario you have to prepare yourself for is that like we're, we go lower for like another year. Um, it'd be pretty brutal, pretty nasty, but like we could be going into a, a recession soon in the U S we could see, uh, uh, some sort of like a geopolitical uh, disaster, some other black swan that we're not even thinking about. And if that comes at the same time there's all this forced selling and crypto like god it could get pretty nasty um but i don't want to get like too doom and gloom uh, on you because I, I i do think that if you are in the space for the long haul um this is this is a great opportunity um if you really really truly really believe that this is a great opportunity you, you you make the money in the bears you don't make the money in the bulls um it never feels good to buy at the prices where you, you look back on a chart and it looks like really obvious to buy there at the moment, it always feels terrible. Um, and it definitely feels pretty terrible to, to buy now, which is why I am buying a little now in case I'm wrong. Um, but I am keeping like a very healthy bag. I, I want to acquire a lot of Ethereum. I, I, I plan on buying it all the way down into the, you know, 400s, I, I I guess we could conceivably go into the 300s, but I, I think realistically speaking, you know, the the probable, like the mean probable outcome is maybe like sort of like mid 700s. I think I would sort of focus my, you know, my probable distribution of outcomes uh, around, um, but man, ETH is a volatile asset. And if you're going to invest in it, um, in in all of crypto, you have to understand just how crazy the, the the downs can be just as much as you, you understand, um, how crazy the the up should be, um, in the meantime, what are some other like lessons we can take away from all of this? Um, there's a lot of hype in crypto. There's always somebody trying to sell you something, tell you this coin is the next greatest thing. This person's the next greatest thing. You're missing out on this. You're missing out on that. Um, there are a lot of players in the space who have bags and investments and things that you have not gotten access to that are trying to unload them on you all the time. It's, 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 a minefield. That's why I tell people who are newer into the space to just buy Bitcoin, buy Ethereum. You, you don't have a bunch of uh, shady venture capitalists or other weird players in the space, just chilling you and, and, and dumping on you. Um, probably stay away from altcoins in and times like this, right? Like when they're down 90%, they can still go down another 50% and then they can still go down another 50% after that. It's something you don't really believe <laughs> until uh, you've gone through. So I, I, I don't hate buying things right now, but you, you better be buying things that you have like a uh, five or, or, or 10 year thesis on because um, if this does play out as in, in the worst case scenario, um, you could be waiting a while. Um, but, but, but what is the bull case scenario? Well, well like I said, we, we could have some sort of unforeseen bailout uh, on FTX. Um, we could, given the CPI print, like it, it is possible we could be entering a bit of a Goldilocks um, economy for the next six to 12 months where inflation is coming down, but growth um, doesn't come down. So instead of a deflationary environment where all your assets go down stocks, coins, everything. Um, Goldilocks is quite bullish because you have um, inflation coming down while growth goes up. People have like uh, increasing spending power, asset prices go up. So it wouldn't surprise me at all if you you saw ETH bottom here, you saw crypto bottom here, and you saw us double or triple in the next twelve months. But that surprised me? No, absolutely not. It's a scenario you should have in the back of your head um, as your your bull scenario. If you want to allocate some some investments to that, then yeah, go for it. I, I certainly am. Putting a small chunk of my portfolio in that thesis, even though, um, it is not my main one, you know, anyway, I think that's enough of a, a rant today. Hopefully situations a little more clear to you. Um, I know it's a little tricky to explain something so uh, convoluted as this, uh, disaster and just 30 minutes here, uh, in audio form with, with no visuals, but, uh, I did my best for you. Hopefully it was useful to you. And uh, I will see you guys right here next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death